0: how far would you go to prove your innocence outrun police dogs jump from a gorge walk into a prison while you yourself are wanted tonight we explore that and more during our discussion of the fugitive joining us for his first appearance we welcome hi i'm scott (laughs) i'm matt i'm chad and this is the 134th episode of your award-winning podcast we used to talk about this at work so we're just gonna jump right into it um we've got a guest this week um by the name of scott how you doing scott i'm doing great chad how are you i'm i'm good man um it's not too late it's not too early i am um running off of very little sleep but that is that is a life right that's normal if you have a three-year-old right, <laughs>
1: right?
0: yes Ugh, yuck but all right um but we're not here to talk about me, Scott. We're here to talk about you. So you are originally from Chicago. Can you can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: All right. So I'm I'm I just turned 55 years old. So I'm a little bit older than both you guys. I'm probably what you guys are combined, almost.
0: <laughs> um. Oh no. We, we, we're older than you a little combined. bit more than that. All right. Come <laughs> on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm from Chicago. I represent. Um. I was born uh, on the south side of Chicago and. Uh, my dad was a Chicago police officer, and my mom, uh, she worked at a, a photomat booth, which you guys would probably have to Google to know what that is.
0: If that's where they developed film, right?
1: <laughs> Back in the day. So, like, think about it. She she worked in this little shack in a parking lot of, like, a strip mall. Okay. And this, the whole building was, like, the size of a cubicle in, like, a typical office. <laughs> and people would drive in. It was like a drive-thru. You drove in, like, and dropped off your roll of film. And they would send it off to the lab and get it developed in the pictures. And you come back a couple of days later and pick them up. So that's like, what she did.
0: How would you know when to get it? If I guess they would call you, right? I think back
1: in the day, you like you dropped it off on Monday. You needed to be back on Wednesday or something like that. You know? Like okay. They,
2: okay. they kind of do that, that sort of thing. I remember, like, wasn't it like an hour or something like that? Two one hours or hour, something like One that? hour photo or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, back in the
1: day, that was unheard of. But then, like... A lot of places, you know, started doing that, like Walgreens and stuff, where you pay mm-hmm. a premium price and get them back, like you know, in an hour, right. like that. Right. Long
0: before everybody was using, you know, digital cameras and phones, <laughs> that sort of thing. So I guess let's 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 take a sidestep. Oh, do you think we are Scott? I'm gonna guess you're thirty.
2: Ooh, thank you. I appreciate it. It's because I should. I, I, I cut my beard off. I appreciate it. That's, so <laughs> nice, that's, that's nice. Nice. I'm
1: guessing I missed a little bit long on that, right? So I'm gonna say early thirties. Neither we, one
2: of you is forty yet, right? Close. Creeping yeah. up on it. Keep, yeah. I'll be I'll be thirty, thirty nine next be, month.
0: You'll be forty next year.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Phrase mm. it like that. Phrase it like nah, that. No, I don't like that. I, I like saying thirty nine next month. Not forty like next you. year, yes.
0: You're both you both
1: doing fine.
2: Yeah. Especially with the
1: losing that, that that facial hair there, man.
2: Yes. No, it's just um, like you're like,
0: you know, back in my day, guys, you know, uh, we did a little thing called yeah. um develop film. Have you heard of film? I'm like, come on, Scott, come on.
1: We haven't even gotten started. You haven't talked about rotary phones later, man. Oh, I used
0: to I used to love that. Like my grandmother had one in her kitchen and I love dialing, like calling people on it, but it just thinking back it just took so long much time yeah yeah i did and, and my dad like you
1: know i remember for years we had a rotary phone in our kitchen and everybody else they moved to these modern touch tone phones I'm like dad why, why can't why can't we switch no that's like 50 cents more a month or something we're sticking with this I'm like,
0: whatever <laughs> it costs you an extra 50 cents to be faster it, what yeah, is this guess. They, guess. well they they nickel and dime you on like the silliest stuff and then like look now at the stuff that they nickel and dime us on oh absolutely yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. and there's so many more like things today that are actually recurring so i know like i mean people make more money today but like it, i think it's harder on on like the generation behind me to like even buy cars and homes and stuff like that i just think it's 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 harder for them even though they make way more money
0: yeah, but, like, comparatively, right? Everything is more expensive, so it's, like... Yeah, yeah like, what, yeah, what I'm you getting at
1: is, like, when, when I was a kid, my dad was a breadwinner. He was a Chicago police officer, which was not making yeah. a ton of money. My mom worked part-time at that photomat booth for minimum wage, but they were able to buy a house and get mm-hmm. the kids through college, and, you know, we weren't living in poverty.
0: No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying, even though people, like, what looks like they made less money, Stuff costs less as well. Like yeah. you know how they are, or how the what the old saying is. You know what was a gallon of milk in 1975. You know stuff right. like that.
1: Yeah, I think people's uh, incomes have gone up and the cost of stuff has gone up, but I think the costs have gone up much yeah. steeper slope than the incomes have gone up. I mean, how many people you know today can get by with like a one-income family, right? You know,
0: yeah, it's you it's a problem. Yeah, when I when I
1: started a family. Uh, my wife was debating about you know whether to get a job or to be a stay-at-home mom now the decision was made for us because we wound up having twins right out of the gate we were a thousand miles away from the, the nearest relative so she would we would have spent more on daycare than she would earn so she wound up staying at home for a while but most people today you know both parents work and yeah. you know, they have to to get by but
2: yeah and really like i base this off like think about all the tv shows where like the husband worked and the mother stayed at home. Where, like, you like from the Simpsons to married with children to where, like, they was able to support multiple kids, a house, and everything with just the uh, father working because that was normal back in the day, right? Yeah. I just think that's
0: harder
3: to do. In the East
0: yeah, it, it is. So, you you know? gotta really be pulling it in, or you gotta like be have a very tight budget.
1: Yeah, so uh, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. And uh, when I, I've got a, a brother who actually followed in my dad's uh, footsteps and became a Chicago police officer, he's a detective now. Uh, and I got a sister who's my, my brother is five years younger than me. My sister's about a year and a half older. So I'm the I'm a, I'm a Jan Brady,
0: I'm the middle child. Oh, so <laughs> me you, too. I, <laughs> oh, that's right. You yeah. are the middle child. So, you know, have you guys heard about that saying that like the middle child is weird? So, how
2: are you guys weird? You go first, man. <laughs> I, I, I I am the, uh, what's the word? Uh, Um, basically not the overachiever. The, I'm the one who always like my brother and sister, they made good grades in high school. They weren't too much of a trouble, uh, growing up and stuff. I was, they graduated college. I went to college, but it's like, nah, this ain't me. I joined the Navy and everything. So I was like the, you could say black sheep but I was like I didn't follow the norms as, like they did uh, yeah
1: I was the middle child but I was now my parents might not agree with this but I think I was a cakewalk <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> I pretty much did what I was supposed to do never wanted to be in trouble and
0: stuff um girl you grew up in Chicago and then so how long have you lived in St. Louis
1: um I've been here about 20 years so I, I grew up in Chicago and I got a job. Actually, before I got a job, I I met a woman out there and we started dating when I was like a senior in high school and I wound up, you know, marrying her.
0: Oh, I always assumed she was from here.
1: She, her family is from a southwest suburb of Chicago called Blue Island. Mm -hmm. And she is the youngest of six and the only one born in this country. The rest were all born in Mexico.
0: Okay, so... While we're on this topic, so, like, pre in the pre-show, you mentioned that you uh, listened to our episode on past lives. And uh, for those, anybody that isn't familiar, that movie is about, um I believe it was a uh, South Korean woman. She um, left Korea when she was a young woman, and she reconnected with her childhood sweetheart. And But now in the present, she's, like, married to, like, an American guy. And so um, Matt and I were having a discussion on that episode about how like, he um, sometimes feels like he doesn't fully know all of his wife because like, she is a Japanese woman and he is an American man. And so um, can you talk about that in, y- in your own experience, um, Scott? Yeah, so um,
1: like, I was a senior in high school and I worked as a bus boy at a banquet hall in Southside of Chicago. Mm -hmm. And one day, this cute woman started working as a hostess in the same place. And her name's, uh, well, I'm not supposed to give names. I won't give her name. (laughs) Anyhow, um, so we started dating. And she is the youngest of six. And she's the only one in the family that was born in um, America. The rest of them were all born in Mexico at a place called Zacatecas, which is in the middle of nowhere. It's, It's not like Mexico City. This is a place where You know, you fly to the city, and like you take a bus to the country, and you know her family still had property out there, but you know doesn't even have indoor plumbing, that sort of thing. And um, so she so she was the youngest of six, and and I remember like uh, I had just I just gotten I've had a lot of cars when I was a kid, but my dad had this van that he didn't want anymore, and my car broke down, so he sold me his van, and it wasn't a minivan. They didn't have minivans back then. It was a big old like conversion van. And it had uh this seat in the back, a bench that folded down so you could sleep in it if you needed to. And so one day I'm 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 started dating, you know, my wife and her her I'm still trying to make a good impression on her family and her dad's car broke down and, and she he needed a lift to go get a jump start or something. And so she's like, I want you to go take him, do me a favor, drive him out there to pick up his car. So I'm like, all right. So, you know, he doesn't speak a whole lot of English and I don't speak a whole lot of Spanish, but he gets in, he gets in my van and, you know, I didn't think to take the fuzzy dice hanging from the rearview mirror and hide. <laughs> I'm sitting there, right? And he gets in the van and he looks around and he's like, you know, why you need such big car? And I looked in the back and that, that bench that was normally like a, like a. The seat was down, like as if it was a bed, and I'm dating his daughter. I'm like, oh, this is uh, terrible. right, right,
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know?
1: But that it, it worked out, you know. I got him. I took him out. We were able to get his car started, to get it back home, and then, um, not long after that, um, someone gave him a, a VCR for Christmas. And once I uh, hooked that up for him, I was in, man. I was gold. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, remember those? You had,
0: had to set bad. the clock and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, but you like go to the family gatherings and, you know, I worked at a, a banquet hall and there were a lot of Mexican folks that worked there. So I picked up the slang so I could I could kind of handle my own a little bit, but I couldn't I couldn't understand everything. So a lot of times I went to a family gathering in her house. Very hard for me to understand what they're talking about. And when you don't know what they're talking about, you assume they're talking about you. Right. Yeah. You know, always, always, at? always. Go so, through that a lot. And then one day, we we're still probably less than a year into our relationship, and they were having a New Year's Day celebration there. And yeah, I'm trying to be polite, right? So I'm going to eat whatever they serve. Either of you guys ever had goat before?
0: Uh, yes. Really? Goat. Okay. I haven't had goat before. Uh, I feel like I've had goat at a Jamaican restaurant.
1: Well, apparently, goat tacos is a thing. <laughs> Okay. And uh, I wasn't prepared. And, you know, there are little kids running around the house. And one of them lifts the pot, the lid off a pot on the stove. And there's like a goat head staring right at him. <laughs>
3: <it back>
1: <laughs> <laughs> then we sit down at the table and they, you know, they, they serve this food to me. And I didn't, it was pretty gamey. And, you know, mm-hmm. 30, 40 minutes into it, one of her brothers says like, hey, man, you don't have to eat the fat and the grizzle. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know what, what I was supposed to eat. What I wasn't, I was trying to make a good impression.
2: But that was the last time. I wasn't. How was it, though? It was terrible.
3: (laughs) It was terrible.
1: (laughs) Now, I will say, my mother-in-law, God rest her soul, fantastic cook. Like, you know, when she was making stuff I was familiar with, I mean, homemade tamales, uh, weekday tostadas, tacos, enchiladas, fantastic cook. But Mm -hmm. no, no thank you. You know, (laughs) I'm
2: out. (laughs) That's funny. Look, um how 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 good is your spanish now i no espanol un poquito <laughs> oh.
0: so just a little bit a little bit
1: <laughs> i actually so you know i took it in high school and then i went to college i took a couple, I took a couple years in college and i worked at a, a restaurant where there were a lot of mexicans there too uh, my nickname was pollo you guys know what pollo means oh uh, it means well, chicken
2: Oh, that's
0: what I was thinking. I was like, is that chicken? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> why <laughs> were the chicken? Why were you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so one of my jobs as the bus was, so this was a it was a banquet hall. So they did parties like weddings and stuff, but they also had a, a restaurant, was a buffet. And they were known for their fried chicken. And my job was to keep that buffet stacked.
3: Mm. So whenever
1: the chicken ran low, I would run in the kitchen and say we need more chicken. apparently the cooks thought i was a little excessive with my (laughs) requests so they gave me the nickname poyo
0: hey you're just trying to do a good job out here let's have to make make fun of that (laughs) (laughs) but uh okay so you mentioned like you know you got your first car from your dad um your one of your sons recently got his first car yeah
1: so i mentioned before like um my first start of the family i have twins um and they're grown now they graduated mizzou my kids and my money went to mizzou and, uh, <laughs> yeah. one of them's up in madison wisconsin the others in kansas city i got a third son too who's also in kansas city right now
0: i didn't know you had a third i always knew you had twins but i didn't know there was a third kid yeah so my i've got twins they, they both went to mizzou one was a computer science major
1: one was a biochem major but they both got jobs in like it they work for competing firms one in kansas city one in madison
0: (laughs) that's funny right Right, my
1: my youngest is uh, actually he's working on his master's at umkc and he's work he's majoring in performance a classical piano performance Hmm.
3: so Hmm.
1: completely different than what i'm accustomed to or what the other two boys did Mm -hmm. um then he's you know he'll he'll get his doctorate in that and hopefully he'll you know be a performer and a professor somewhere someday but yeah my kid in madison um he had a, a 2011 um hyundai elantra with hail damage and and it was owned by a smoker and it reeked of smoke and he had it for years and now he's been you know in the workforce a while and makes good money i've been telling him you know you ought to buy a decent car Mm -hmm. so i drove up there the week before last and he didn't know what he wanted he had done some research he knew what cars were good but he really didn't know what to buy so i took a weekend went up there took him to car max just had him drive a bunch of cars until he could figure out what he wanted he did that. He decided he wanted a Honda Accord. And so then it was like, you want a new one or a used one? And when you looked at the prices of the used one, he decided to get a new one. And I'm like, all right, well, sleep on it. You know, he picked one out he liked, but I said, sleep on it. And if you want it, I'll come back up next weekend. We can get this thing. Well, next weekend, it was gone. I mean, it's it's amazing, like, buying cars today versus when I was his age. I mean, they're flying off the shelves right now, and people are paying sticker price for them. Um, mm. So I went back up there, and the car he wanted was gone. But we, we searched a bunch of other dealers, and there was—he he wanted a hybrid, mm-hmm. environmentally friendly.
0: He got him uh, that Ionic.
1: Not the Ionic. He got he got the Honda Accord Hybrid EXL mm. or something. It's a fantastic car. He now has the nicest car of any 11's <laughs> Yeah. family member. But this is what killed me was he's 26 years old, and I, I take him to the dealer, and after doing all the haggling and stuff, we decide he's gonna buy the car, sits down and just pulls out his checkbook and writes a check for like 20 grand. I'm like, I don't even know what that looks like, man. But he's right got a no responsibility, <laughs> he's not <there> to <laughs> yeah, no kids, you know, <laughs> paying his rent. I'm like, damn, kid. <sighs> but um, yeah, he bought himself a new car, so I'm proud of him.
2: That's that's really cool. Yeah, did you did you help uh negotiate? With the I, dealership,
1: I, I, I asked him if he wanted me to mm-hmm. to do that, and he's like, yeah, because I have a feeling though I'm a yeah. pushover. They'll talk me into anything. So I went yep. out there, and I, I knew he was going to pay sticker price for the car, but when you get in there, you have all these dealer add-ons, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, them, got, you know, we,
0: got, we got to spray the uh, the rust proofing, you know?
1: Yeah, the undercoating, <laughs> and then this oh the fabric the fabrics, sorry, and then they're like, well, it's a thousand dollars for this stuff, and and I'm like, well, we'll take it off. He doesn't want it. I'm like, what's well, already done. We do dollar it cars. It's standard. I will tell you this though, because I've never been in a position where I could walk in there with that kind of down payment. But like, right. mm-hmm. I told those guys at the dealership, I'm like, look, he could he could pay cash for this thing if he wanted to. He's going to buy it, but he ain't paying. That's a, that's a deal breaker right there. He's not paying that thousand dollars. Right. Well, let me talk to the manager. And uh, it I hate two that seconds. so much. I mean, two seconds, he came back. Okay. Right.
2: right. Dude, so, let me talk to the manager. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's well, funny because like. I think that's everybody's thing is like whenever you buy your car, like even when I bought mine, I went with my parents because I'm like, they're going to try to do some funny stuff and I don't know mm-hmm. enough about things. So I'm like, I need my parents here to facilitate if they try to give me some, like you said, rust proof or undercoating stuff or whatever, yeah. whatever. Because me, I would have been like, I got the money. Sure, I do everything. But then they're there to be like, nah, that's not a real thing. Stop that.
1: <laughs> yeah. My dad did that for me. I, I try to do what he did. Mm-hmm. Um when I when I bought my first new car, I got rid of the van, right? And I wanted a Camaro.
3: And oh. Back then they were like 12
1: dollars dollars right? Is this my that's it? <laughs> back in the day? That's what they Right. I bought a I bought a brand new 91 Camaro. And my dad goes in the dealership and he starts haggling with this guy and he is insisting that they upgrade my rims. And me gave me 16 inch rims instead of 14 or 15 or whatever you were supposed to give me. I could have cared less, but my dad's like, you need those better rims and you're not paying for them. They did it. Fast forward five years, I'm driving home for Christmas from the East Coast. I got this big bubble in my tire. I got 90 new tires on Christmas Eve. And they're like, well, Mr. Levens, there's only one kind of tire that fits this rim. (laughs)
3: No.
0: oh feast <laughs> like uh, or
1: something right, right. <laughs> <Fly dead.
0: laughs> I'm not really a fan of like how it's just accepted that if you go and buy a car from a dealership you're going to get hosed. I don't like that I, yeah. I don't like how like we've normalized that kind of behavior of all of these like lying about like all these charges. Like, when, you, when you're talking to the sales guy, and then when you get to finance, like, that's a whole other, like, world of, like, hidden fees and stuff. And it's like, why have we normalized that? You're right. Because that
1: was the other... And they, they make you stay there all day, too.
0: Right. I reached the
1: point where I'm like, how much longer is it going to take? We're, we're out of here in 30 minutes with the car. We're not doing this.
0: It's like a form of, like, interrogation, basically. Hey, like, you know,
1: and then, know. like, we get to the finance guy. And he's talking to my son. And I'm trying to let my son make his own decisions because it's his money right and the guys like they start off with you going to keep this car for a long time well who buys a new car and says no
0: right, you know, right? Hey, i'm just trying to hold this for about you know a couple yeah. months you know yeah. i'm going
1: to take the big depreciation hit off a lot and i'm going to get rid of it next week no right. everybody says yes so then they start trying to sell you all these service plans and these extended warranties
3: mm-hmm.
1: and i'm just i'm sitting there and I'm, I'm I'm trying to let him make his own decisions i was proud of him because he's like All right very diplomatic about it. I really don't think I need those things. I'm like, hell no. (laughs) You don't need those (laughs) things? Absolutely not, you know? So, but you're right. I I do think it's getting better though, Chad, because like the internet and the information that's available to you, like, you know, this guy's telling me that I need this pro protection plan for a $1,000. And I'm like, no matter what you say to try to convince me, Consumer Reports here says, don't take it. You don't need it. Right. So there's nothing you're gonna tell me that's gonna say right. I need to get that,
0: you know. But for every informed consumer such as yourself, there's five uninformed consumers, and this that's is the true. problem. And
1: everything's so yeah. complex today, too. What you're buying, and I,
2: I it's not it's simple true. at all. It's not simple, it's mm-hmm. not like hey, here's my money, let's be done, give me a title. It's like you said, it's layers to this, mm-hmm. and it's
1: not just buying cars, like. You just just decide whether you want to have cable TV or satellite or do streaming, you know, mm-hmm. the analysis that you do. And I, I'm kind of weird. Like, as I've gotten older, I think the part of my brain that measures a risk has gotten too big or something. Because I would, like, when I was in my 20s, I decided i will move cross-country for my work. I've never been to this place before. I'll, I'll relocate. Yeah. Nowadays, I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm going to do, I'm going to study for hours before I decide whether I'm getting spectrum or uh dish. You know? right. yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, you, you care more, like it's more of an investment. Like you are more attached to your money, I guess. Like when you're young, part of your brain's like, oh yeah, I'm going to land on my feet. It's whatever. But now you're like, hmm, got to be careful now.
1: Yeah, but it's all, it can also be a curse. You can, you can analyze, overanalyze stuff too, you
0: know? No, I, I feel that. I feel that. Like sometimes, like uh, recently I bought someone a um, a massage gun off Amazon. And like, you know, there's like a thousand different kinds. And I'm over here reading the reviews and stuff. And like, mm, is this a good one? Is that a good one? And it's just like, I, I, I'll go through like five or six of them, adding them, removing them from my cart before I'm like, okay, all right. I think this is the one. The, 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 the people are saying this is the one to go with. So- Wait, which,
2: all right? We'll talk about this later, but which one did you get? Because I was doing the exact same thing this week. Uh the wife's parents got a massage gun. And I was like, as we brought over, tried it. I'm like, oh, this is good. So I've been reviewing massage guns to same, too.
0: No, I'll I'll shoot you the link to the- right, what the hell is a massage gun? Oh, Scott. Okay. So um it's basically Uh, exactly what you think it is like exactly what it sounds like so it's a it's a gun-like mechanism with like these different attachments you can put on it and it like you know massages whatever area of your body
1: so you just hold it against your body and pull it yeah Yeah. all
0: right all right so like they're all the rage these days yeah those
1: uh amazon's choice thing helps me a lot (laughs) me too
2: me too i would be like what's going on Amazon, let me know what I need to get.
0: <laughs> Tell me the things, Amazon. All right. Uh, transitioning, Matt, we are about to get our soapbox out. Let's go.
2: Oh, so I know we talked about it before, about how uh, studios are canceling um, different stuff. I know everybody well, should know about Batgirl, where they canceled that. They filmed it, everything, and they didn't decide, decided not to release it. Mm-hmm. So I was reading because, you know, I'm a wrestling fan. So I saw that John Cena was in this movie called Coyote versus Acme and they filmed it, but they didn't release it. They're not going to release it. So then I did more research on this and um, basically here's a synopsis is Coyote versus Acme, a live action CG hybrid that stars John Cena reportedly at finished for photography in 2022, would not be released. This is despite the high praise from the industry figures who have seen cuts of the film. And basically everything that I've read from people who've seen it, they were like, this is the closest that any film has been to like, who framed Roger Rabbit to remain like live action. Like I'm assuming John Cena is like John Cena and then he's doing this. And this was based off a New York Times article called Coyote versus Acme so I read that up basically it's basically Coyote is suing Acme for all the products that he products, yeah. right and that's what it is and I'm like that's a phenomenal storyline <laughs> and they did I'm like why wouldn't you release this this is amazing
0: okay so so here's the thing here's my rebuttal to even though you didn't write this you are just um uh, repeating what you read in the article so there was a movie called um i think it's like looney Tunes back in time or something like that uh with brendan frazier and like it was like a basically like a who framed roger rabbit or a space jam with just warner brothers animated characters mm-hmm. uh, have you have either of you heard of this no i have not okay so like i've never seen it but like that has like similar in it like that's Similarly, what you're talking about, um, uh, it's called Looney Tunes Back in Action and it also has Jenna Elfman in it, she's the um co lead, you know, from Dormer and Greg. Mm-hmm. Uh, so similar energy, but uh, I do remember hearing about this movie, Acme versus uh, Coyote versus Acme, and I remember reading about it like last year, and it said that it was supposed to come out summer 2023, and I was like, okay. But, like, why haven't I seen advertisement for it yet? And so my thing is, like, just like when um, a few weeks ago we, we, we talked about Indiana Jones, right? And we were like, uh-huh. who is this movie for? Uh-huh. Who, it, who would this movie be for? Even when we did Space Jam 2, who is that movie for?
2: This movie, in my opinion, will be for us. The Because, like, for example, my son... He might be familiar with Coyote, but he wouldn't, he don't know it like we know it. So it will be more for our generation or who people who know who these characters are. But I was like, if my son watches, he might enjoy it, but it's made for, it'll be made for us.
1: So Matt, is it not
2: getting released then? Or is it getting released later or what? No, it's not being like they made it and they're like, Because from what I read... It's it's, it's it's, a
0: tax write-off now.
2: Right, and Chad, correct me if I'm wrong, so apparently um, they have a new person in charge, of WB, and this person was going to... Originally, this was going to be on Max or whatever their streaming service is, but this new person in charge is basically like, nah, I don't want to do these streaming stuff. I want theatrical release. Now, correct me if I'm wrong.
0: Yeah, so a couple years ago, maybe two years ago, last year, something like that, uh, Warner Brothers was bought by the Discovery Channel. And well, I guess the Discovery Group cause it's more than just a Discovery Channel. It's like a whole cluster of stuff. Um, and when the uh, new uh, the new CEO came in, he, like Matt said, his mandate was it's stupid to invest so much in streaming. Like the previous regime was like, Remember back during COVID when they were like, we're releasing everything on on um, on um HBO Max. We're releasing Dune at the same time as coming on in the theater. Space Jam 2, like all those movies, like all those like movies that cost hundreds of millions of dollars. They released those in the theater and on HBO Max the exact same day. And they all did terrible in the box office because people were like, I can just watch this at home. So like.
1: Is there a secondary market for that? Those films done. I mean, if they decide they don't want to go that way,
0: but they already made it. So, so here's the thing, though. It's like this is like the because of like you know people's gravitation towards streaming. The the whole old way of things has eroded, right? Because back in the day, you'd have you put put out a movie. It'd be in the movie theater for like forever, and then it would go to video, right? And then people will buy it on home video. And then as technology progressed, you know, home video like VHS became DVD. And eventually we got like video on demand. So, like, you still had your theatrical run, you still had your DVDs, Blu rays, and then you could also like rent it or buy it digitally. But people are getting so used to the Netflix model of like, I just pay my $5 a month. Well, it's more than that now, but you know, I pay my yeah. one fee a month and it's just there. And all these other companies were like, well, we are just going to start our own streaming service. But the problem is streaming services don't actually make money. Like, okay, yes, we're all paying our $15 to Netflix a month, but that doesn't make sense for them to make a $200 million movie to sit on a streaming service that's not really generating money. Because like whether they make that $200 million movie or not, their, Netflix is going to get
2: our 15 percent you know? yeah you're still paying your money for it but won't, so like,
1: won't some streaming services buy the films from others that don't want to stream it
0: so now they're kind of doing that but like for the longest like like stuff would just live on whoever streaming service made the movie and so like Warner Brothers is like selling off their stuff so mm-hmm. like now like some of their more premier programs they're on Netflix because they like they took it off Max and they, they're selling it to um other services and so like what the the Batgirl movie that they made that was just going to be on max that movie cost like almost 200 million dollars to sit on a streaming service that won't make any money so they were like we are going to write this off as a loss on our taxes and never release it and same thing with this Acme versus Coyote because it's like I didn't know I thought it was going to get a theatrical run
2: yeah it, it was or was not no, I thought so too. But they, oh, hold on, let me, let me pull it back up. But no, yeah. it was considered for a theatrical release. I mean, you know, my, made... my
1: theory is the Acme lawyers
0: got involved and kept it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't want that, that one, <laughs>
2: they, they didn't want that bad publicity. You
0: know, <laughs> I don't know. Like, maybe it would have made some money, but like, I personally don't think that a movie like that would have done well, me personally.
2: I, um and that's where money, like you said streaming server money wise but I feel like um engagement social media popularity views I think it would have on a this type of platform because I think like if this was come up people will have so many think pieces of you know coyote versus acme this really means this and everything or uh comparisons to who fame Roger Rabbit like I think it'll be a lot of engagement. But, like you said, on streaming service, that don't actually mean money, though. Right. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. That's unfortunate. But, like, just like when um, <laughs> they released that Popeye movie, that they can't uh, it, give it a couple years and somebody's going to leak it on the internet.
2: And I appreciate that. I, I'm waiting for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Another one to add to the list of movies yes. that we cannot officially talk about on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay, but you um, did watch a movie that actually came out on Netflix that is only yes. on Netflix, and they cost and it costs a lot of money.
2: Yes, <laughs> I was trying to see how much it cost, but it didn't say it. But yes, I checked out uh, the movie called The Killer with Michael Fassbender on Netflix. Um, this is a good movie. Uh, caveat, the very, very, very ending of this, like the last 10 minutes of this turned me off. But I there's going to be a spoiler-free review. So basically, you have an uh, uh, assassin hitman, whatever you want to call it. Um, he botches a kill, and the people reciprocate this to one of his um female friends so then now it's up to him to find out who done this where they're at and ex- extract revenge this movie is is great all the way through the way he has to find out like get the um, information to figure out where these people are at then he does his um uh, what's the word i'm looking for? not stalking but um What's the thing when you wait for people, cops do it? Um... Stakeout. Stakeouts. He does like stakeouts and stuff like that for these people and then figures out the way to kill them and get to them. It's great. This movie is great. I highly recommend it. It's just the very ending of it is what I did not like and I won't spoil it. But overall, like I'll give, I gave this four stars on Letterboxd. Uh, it's not boring. It's interesting. Exciting the kills, the fight scenes. He has this one fight scene with one of these guys. It is like John Wick type of stuff. Like they're going at it. Uh Michael Fazbender. Yeah, he he was in it. He was doing his thing during this movie. So I highly recommend The Killer on Netflix.
0: This movie costs 175 million dollars. And they said they
2: made 318 in the oh. box office. Oh, it got a theatrical run. Yeah, it re- it was released October 27th in the US and it got to Netflix October 10th. I mean November 10th.
0: It made 300 million or 300,000.
2: Oh no, sorry, 318,000. Okay. October 27th Austin. of this year or last yeah, year? This year. So
0: it was in the theaters for a week? Yeah, so that basically, they so basically <laughs> for for award consideration. So, uh I take it you have not checked this one out Scott.
1: No, but I, I do have my Netflix subscription, so it's on the list now, man.
0: <laughs> right, you can do it.
2: You should you should definitely watch it.
0: It sounds interesting. It is something I want to check out, but uh, because I think it came out like Thursday or Friday, and then like time got away from me. But yeah, I would definitely add it to the list, Matt. Uh last week uh we had a guest on Rose and she recommended The Witches of Eastwick for Cher's performance. Uh-huh. And um, have either of you seen this movie? I have not. Okay, Scott.
3: It's been a long time. That's the one with Jack Nicholson, right?
0: Jack Nicholson, yeah. uh Cher, uh Susan Sarandon, and a young Michelle Pfeiffer.
2: I think I Oh that's had... that's a clip you you posted online and yeah. I was like, oh okay, I don't
1: know what that was.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw that theatrical release when it came out oh. many, many years ago. Okay, Scott. I think Dating I enjoyed yourself. it and I don't remember it
0: much, you know. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Like one, I've never seen. Well, Cher looks the same now as she's always looked. So Cher is like ageless. But I've never seen like Susan Sarandon and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer so young. Uh that's one. But it was a really fun movie. Basically, uh Jack Nicholson's like possibly the devil, or at least some sort of demon. And the three ladies, they're like, they have magic. They're they're possibly witches. And um <laughs> so, have you guys heard of a thruple, where it's a couple but it's three people?
2: Yes, I think so. Yeah, that, thats I've heard, I've heard that word.
0: So, I don't know what you would call this, but like basically, they are a couple with four people. And so, it was it was a fun movie. It was good, but I, I when you know when you were looking at the opening credits, it talks about how it's based off a book. And I feel like the book would be more interesting than this movie because, like, it felt like they were holding some things back. Like, it seemed like there was more. I got the impression that the Jack Nicholson character was kind of using. Well, he actually was. Okay, he actually was using the women now that I'm I'm remembering the plot. (laughs) (laughs) But I was thinking, like, there was like a little bit more to like what he was doing, like behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, he's basically like some like um uh, Omen type stuff where he was trying to have them make make them each have one of his kids to, you know, eventually rule the world. Mm. Yeah. Is it a comedy? That's funny parts.
1: OK. It's like a drama, but with a lot of funny parts in it.
0: Yes. yes. OK. OK. Um. Also, so my mom was here a couple of days ago. We were hanging out. And my daughter did something. And I was like, if I hit, if I was a person that hit my child, I would have hit you right now. Cause it's like the, what she did at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I'm a parent, you know, I'm one of these new age parents where we don't hit our kids, even though I got spankings when I was a kid. And uh-huh. so like, I, I made a mention of something like that. And my mom was like, what are you talking about? You never got whoopings when you were a kid. And I'm
2: like, excuse me, ma'am. All right. All right you opened up this door we <laughs> meet well they've been on the podcast so mike and Laura, my brother and sister we have these conversations all the time in our group chat about our parents doing stuff and then we tell them i never did that I'm like what are you talking about yes you did <laughs> it's like once they get to that that grandparents age they forget everything they did to us as a kid's
0: hey I'm like mom come on now you h- how have you forgotten all these things like right ma'am you were there what are you talking about <laughs> so Scott I, have do you have you had any of this revisionist history from your parents once they became grandparents
1: yeah I think it all applies yeah. I don't think I don't think they'd be in denial about you know that because they did uh but somebody i mean
0: i mean ask him because i didn't think my mom would be in denial until she was like what are you talking about i never hit you i'm like mom mom really
1: <laughs> really <laughs> my mom would do stuff worse <laughs> if i did something bad instead of hitting me she'd be like all right when your dad comes home from work you need to tell him what you did <laughs> and then uh, i be like i'd be like traumatized for hours until right. she, she just <laughs>
0: deferred it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's funny but uh, oh so um also um another thing in that part of that conversation not not why i would hit her but like um so my daughter is a bit rough and tumble um i remember like the first week of daycare when i brought her home like she was just filthy and like i made a caption on like instagram where i said it looks like she like slid in slid home slid into home for base because she's just Uh like so disgusting and so like um my daughter like she like really messes up her pants because she, like she really gets rolling and like crawls and stuff and so my mom was all like why what is wrong with her pants and i'm like i did the same thing when i was a kid like i remember like the knees of my pants were like always so messed up because i like be crawling around and stuff and she's like y'all wait time my chat. i don't i don't know about all that i'm like dude come on
2: mom these, these parents like, i don't know why like well not like your daughter but like older kids like I remember my son. Why are you always on the ground? Stand up. <laughs> like, stop, get off the ground. Like, I remember as a kid, like, he used to, like, because four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever it is, it's like always on the ground, falling down and stuff. And that's how you get holes and jeans. But I'm just like, stand up. Why are you- get off the ground? Oh, that's just kiss. That's just kiss, though.
1: Yeah, I think it's good for them. I, I do. I think it's good <laughs> yeah. to run around playing physically instead of always looking at a phone or a screen. You know,
2: I agree.
0: But like, part of me is like, yes, do that. But also, part of me is like, I pay for your clothes. Stop doing that, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> I said, I. I would always try to get my twins, especially to want to you know watch football, watch the Bears. They had no interest, right? Yeah. But every Sunday. I put my Urlacher jersey on 54, and I would dare them to say the word hike. Oh. They did, man. Jason <laughs> uh, around house, the house, throw him on the ground, do a dance
2: around him. Like, oh, sorry. Are... That that's Brian Erlacher.
0: Brian Erlacher, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean that 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 still don't mean nothing to me. I was just keeping. Oh, uh, uh, okay, my bad.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, that
0: reminds me. I'm not sure if you guys have seen that clip of like Matt Damon, some movie Matt Damon's in where he's arguing with his son. And his son's like, you can't just force a dream on somebody. And he's all like, why not? If it's an awesome dream, why not? That it just feels like you, Scott, where you're like, look, football, guys. It football. So hey, I- they won't, like, the Super Bowl
1: comes on. They, they could care less. They might come down and get some food. They don't want to watch it. But you know what they'll do? They'll pay for tickets to go to a venue to go see a League of Legends tournament live. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> That's cool. It. I don't get it. Hey man, See, that's, I, that's, that's I, what's
2: a, cool now. <laughs> I'd be in the same boat. I'd be like slowly like now. My son is playing like football, flat football. So like I've been like trying to get him into football. We watching the cheese game. He knows who Mahomes is, but you know how he really know who Mahomes is it's because Mahomes is on Fortnite. So all now right. he know. So now he knows who Mahomes is. But I'm just like, all right, whatever, whatever they use to get him somewhat interested, I'm happy.
1: So I'm always trying to get these kids like the bears. And then we moved to St. Louis. And I mean, they were probably six, seven years old, going to grade school, come home with the Rams logo on their chin. (laughs) 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 And then one day, one day, my wife's working. I got three kids at the dinner table. I'm trying to get food cooked, dogs barking, phones ringing. And one of them sitting at the table going, dad, 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 what? Marshall Falk is number 28.
0: I thought she was going to throw out some Kurt Warner facts.
1: But I had another one similar. Dad, 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 dad. What? How do we really know that Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father? It dawned on me they had seen Star Wars and they had never seen The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, I said, put your forks and knives down. Right. <laughs> the Hollywood video <laughs> the tape.
2: Oh, that throwback! See, see that—that's like a, a proud dad moment. You say, like, "Okay, now it's, it's where this is where I shine at." I mm-hmm. I felt like a failure. I'm like, "How did I let it to this?" Slacking, Scott. You slacking?
0: Uh, or do you keep up with the um, Marvel movies? No, not. I mean, I'm. I hear about them. To me,
1: a lot of them are the same. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think they're good. I've never seen a bad one. But I, but I feel like it's, uh, there's an, a 20-minute plot and a 60-minute world of worlds fight. Who can do the yep. better CGI than the predecessor? And I, to me, that I just kind of lose it after that.
0: Scott, are, are, did, did you see the Marvels? Like, are, are you, are you basically spewed our review. <laughs> well, I'm sorry.
1: I know what I'm going with. My wife loves that stuff oh so you know we'll go whenever they come out i'll go i'll sit there i'll get my popcorn and my soda i'll be happy but like oh, to me, it's just like okay yeah, yeah, we know how it's going to end the good guys are going to win right
2: yeah quick thing so i was on my grid Ed, and am i an asshole for refusing to let influencers take pictures of my food mm-hmm. now that's kind of lengthy but bear with me so recently i went out to lunch with friends of ours who invited a couple who are social media influencers we were told more people would be there, but not they would be influencers. We ordered, and as a side note, every single thing that we discussed at the table basically came became content for the next couple and their videos. But anyways, by the time the food arrived, we were all hungry. Once everyone's food arrived, we were about to dig in, but the influencer couple stopped us and said they needed to take pictures. I waited about two minutes. They kept taking pictures from different angles And after a point, I said, sorry, guys, it's my cheat day. I'm really hungry and started eating. After eating, they wanted us to give them short clip reviews, reviewing the food, and I declined because I just met these guys and I wasn't comfortable with being on the social media. Now, the two influencers were extremely pissed off with me and saying that I'm an asshole for not letting them take pictures and not helping them out with their content. A few people voiced that I could have been more cooperative, Am I the asshole here for not letting them take pictures and refusing to do the video clip? Now here's an edit note. It was Dutch. Everyone paid for their own food. They couldn't even get us a discount from the restaurant for featuring them on the video. They asked the owner and he refused. Um, Edit two. They actually both have legit playing jobs. They're both of them work in marketing slash advertising. And one of them is a manager level. So is that person an asshole for not letting them do their content on the food? Now us as content creators, you know everything is content, baby. Scott, what
1: are your thoughts? <laughs> no, you're not an asshole for that. <laughs> unless you right. went into
2: that, unless you
1: went to that gathering knowing that that was the purpose of it. The primary purpose was to develop content for these people to do a review for the whatever dining establishment you were. And then I get it. But you're going there. To eat, to have a good time, to enjoy a meal. No, you're not the asshole.
0: Right. Like I'm with it because it's like I agree. Everything's content. Like there's so like the, I can't tell you how many times I'll go to a movie with somebody and I'm like, all right, you know, we doing we doing a review of this when we get back to my house. And people are like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> and it's like I can't get mad at you because it's like I just sprung that on you. You know, it's like if you don't want to do it, like how, who are you? To, like, basically force somebody to help you make
2: content. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's not an asshole. I, I get, at first, you're like, all right, let me take pictures or whatever. But when you're, like, mid-spooning your mouth, be like, all right, tell me how you ta- how does this taste? Nah, you you're doing too much for that. Yeah. All right. When you go yeah. when you go out to
1: eat, it's not always about the food, right? It's about the mm-hmm. experience, right? Like yes. The food out of your your pantry, your your, your refrigerator at home. Mm-hmm. you go out for the presentation for the environment, you're there to relax, unwind, enjoy yourself, not to add a new level of stress because someone wants to take a picture of your, your plate before you've moved a pee from right. the <laughs> other, you
2: <know? laughs> and, and and to be interviewed, be like, yeah, yeah, you don't you want know, none of that.
1: The only exception would be is if you went in there knowing that you know what i mean that would be then i
0: get it but right but also on the flip side like being out in the field making content is so stressful in itself as well Mm -hmm. like when i did that vlog when i when when i took that trip like that i just felt like the biggest asshole with my camera recording stuff and then talking to the camera it's
2: just i that's why i hate like i hate like when i be thinking about doing stuff i'm just like i don't want to be that person like as Mm -hmm. i'm walking down the street hey guys Um, it's mad in japan uh, uh, like this yeah (laughs) i'm out in japan your boy and we better go to this rock like i don't want to be that person but that doesn't that doesn't i mean it doesn't offend me i don't think
1: it offends most people if that's what you're doing as long as it doesn't interfere with what i'm doing or it just
0: feels weird because like you're partially talking to yourself
1: right (laughs) Uh, if you go to a concert, do you watch the concert or do you hold your phone up and record the concert?
0: I mean, I'm recording that concert, but I'm also never going to look at that footage. That's what most people,
2: I think, do. I that, that's anything. the same thing with uh, fireworks. Let me let me videotape this fireworks. Right. Never, I'm it. never going to watch again. Doesn't even look right. <laughs> right. I know. I, I'm guilty
1: of
0: that, but I want right. to be a better person because I right. the experience, and you're you're missing it if
2: you're doing that. Right.
0: But right, no, that, that was a good one, man. Alright, all right, um, it's time for the main event. This week, we discuss The Fugitive.
2: I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. Put two patrol cars on that bridge down there. Four patrolmen have them blast this river. Yeah, what are you, out of your mind? He's dead. I ought to make him easy to catch.
0: Dr. Richard Kimball, unjustly accused of murdering his wife, must find the real killer while being the target of a nationwide manhunt. led by a seasoned U.S. Marshal. All right so we are going to give you the floor first you know share your thoughts on this movie Scott but I do have a question for you before we start. Okay so this movie was filmed in Chicago in the early 90s and are you about to tell us you was in the background of the scene? I was not
1: I had moved away by the time this was filmed. I was living in uh, the DC area when this one came out.
0: Cause like when uh when they had that parade scene, I was looking. I was like, "Is that Scott? What is, that? Is, that, is that young Scott? What's <laughs> happening over
1: here?" No, nah, it wasn't me. But I will tell you. So like, I've seen the the movie a million times, and and this is one like when it came out in the theaters, I made it a point to go see it, and I enjoyed it. But over the last twenty years, this is one of those movies that like on Saturday afternoon, you you come in from cutting the grass, you're flipping channels, and mm-hmm. you land on it, and like I'll, I'll it'll suck me in. And I'll sit there and watch it even though I've seen it before. And when I watched, um, or listened to your podcast earlier, and you guys did that review on, I guess, Past Lives. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I need to watch this again, man. These guys are serious guys making notes about these (laughs) movies, you know? (laughs) So I had to watch it again. And I'm watching it again. And and I saw something that I had never seen before. And it's it's, it's in the parade scene, Chad, that you referenced. Mm -hmm. If you recall, Harrison Ford, like walks by a garbage can and he grabs a, a St. Patrick's Day hat someone had thrown away and he puts it on his head and then he like mingles into the parade to get away. If you watch it, in, you almost got to watch it in slow motion. But there's a there's a guy with a Kansas City Chiefs jacket on right next to that garbage can. And I'm like, you That's know, better. everything in that movie is planned, right? It ain't. Whoa, <laughs>
0: actually, okay. Just to, to jump ahead for a second. They, that, so they filmed during the actual parade. So like, they were like they got permission from the city to like do that, but they they were out doing handheld stuff. So like Harrison Ford was like walking like real people, like nobody knew where he was gonna go. Like yeah. he was just he was just a rogue agent, so, like because they they had to film within the time of that that parade.
1: So you're going to the. St. Patrick's Day Parade in Chicago in 1991 or 1990, whenever they're filming this thing, Mahomes isn't
0: even born yet, right?
1: Right, right. <laughs> the Chiefs are
0: like the worst team in
1: football. And you got yourself a Chiefs jacket but it's there.
0: That is so random. Like, why are you going to show up to Chicago in a Chiefs anything? Like, that's how you get beat up.
1: Well, maybe if it was uh, the blues or something, not the cheese. <laughs> I mean, you have that rivalry, but you
0: know, like, they're like, you know, don't show up to a, a different city in, like, rival gear, you know?
2: Yeah. yes, It's one thing at a at a game, but as a parade... <laughs> I just... Everybody else is wearing green. What am I going to wear? I'm going to wear my bright red jacket. Right. <laughs> <You know?
3: laughs>
1: but, but to, but to the movie, though, okay, watch that movie. I don't care what movie it is, whether it's the Fugitive, or Men in Black, or No Country for Old Men, or even that new one out, Burial. I don't think I saw that one yet. If Tommy Lee Jones tells me to do something, I ain't mm. question it, man. I'm All doing right. it. I'm like, Correct. I'm watching this oh, yeah. movie. He's barking out orders. Right. And like, I, I did a I did a bonus
2: review of Burial. Yes, it's good.
1: Yeah, I thought it was great. But I mean, like, yeah. he, he's in he's in charge, man. He doesn't need to show badges. He just tells you to do something, man. I'm listening to. him. I'm gonna go search every. Uh, Warehouse, resident.
0: You know, dog yes. <laughs> house, Doghouse, house, house, house. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't
0: know. That's the thing, though, right? Because it's like, I don't know what it is, but it's like people really like seeing other people do their job well, which is probably why, like, those police shows are, like, so pop- popular, where yeah. it's just like you have, like, a confident character like Tommy Lee Jones, and he just comes in. It's like, this is what we're going to do. Do it. And mm-hmm. it's just like you're like, yes, I I want to watch this.
1: The man took a shot, and he killed uh, the criminal that was holding his man, his guy. And then they turn around, and in the back, they show like it looked like the bullet went through his shirt collar and came out. Yeah, like, you can't yeah. <laughs> can't just go
3: doing that stuff.
1: Are going to follow you?
0: But okay, so um, so thoughts on the movie? So okay, so like uh, you you saw this in the theater so i
1: saw it in a few when it first came out and i thought it was great and what like i mentioned before if it's on on a weekend i'm flipping channels i land on tbs or tnt and it's on i'll 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 usually stick with it for a little while but i will tell you that i usually will stick with it for like the first 45 minutes i think that's it's riveting and then i think it kind of trails off a little bit i think the first time you watch it you're it's riveting till the end but Mm -hmm. but if you watch it again and again i think the last 30 or 40 minutes of it maybe not so much um, I'm from Chicago. And like you said, you, you want to know if I was in the, an extra in a movie. I wasn't. But like uh, but the very start of that movie, which strikes me is there. So like his wife dies and they're like, they're, there's news reporters reporting on it. And it's all fiction. But the news reporter is a guy named John Drummond, who's a real. Re- I mean, he's in his 90s now. But at the time, he was a real reporter in the Chicago oh. area. So they called him oh. Drummond. So I'm like, oh, my god, it's the real reporter. He's <laughs> doing the news, you know um and and uh yeah like you know a lot of a lot of it was filmed in the chicago area the train scene wasn't apparently that was uh up in the smoky Mountains somewhere yeah um and you know i I, i'm not sure what the most unrealistic part of that movie was whether it's tommy lee jones like you know being able to uh get in a learjet to to chase down one suspect for one murder (laughs) Look, 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 Scott. It was it was the early '90s. Those budgets was
0: a lot different. All right. I guess.
1: I guess. <laughs> for me, for me, the the most unrealistic part was toward the end. Like uh, uh, Harrison Ford's, you know, trying to escape. He's trying to to get the bad guy from the uh, the drug company, and the, the Chicago Police Department. They got there's a guy in a helicopter, and the one lieutenant says to him, "If you have a shot, take it." And when he said that, they thought Harrison Ford had already killed the Chicago police officer on the train. Mm -hmm. He didn't, but they thought he did. And I'm like, you don't need to tell someone to take a shot. Right. Like (laughs) they was already already riled up. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, they did a really good job with like the stereotypes. Of the, of the police department, especially the mm-hmm. detectives, they're overweight, they had their accents, and, you know, the, the opening scene in the interrogation room, I'm not, like, by any stretch, like a fashion expert, but well, I know you got a striped shirt, you got to probably put a solid tie on, you, you got stripes <laughs> going this way and this way, <laughs> you know, but, but it, it looked very much like what I remember my dad and his friends doing, and the mm-hmm. other thing I'll, I'll tell you with, with, with the movie, and this was something like one of my favorite movies of all time is The Blues Brothers, right? I was like 11, or 12 when that came out. Great movie. I could never get my dad to watch it. My mom took us. So she enjoyed it. My dad refused to even give it the time of day, and I could never figure out why. Well, he's a Chicago police officer. So my mom years later told me, she's like, it Makes the Chicago Police Department look stupid. They keep crashing their cars. <laughs> you know
3: There's a bit of that going on here too, right? I mean the
1: Marshall Service looked competent. The Chicago yeah. Police Department did not. You know, they're like, yeah, I just put a bow on this one, throw them in the can, you
3: know. He,
0: he did it. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, like we kind of talked about that when we looked at gone, when we discussed Gone Girl, about how nine times out of ten, if if someone's spouse is dead, it, it dies. It's the husband. So like most of the time the police are just gonna go for the easy layup and like, hey man, look, nothing against you, but you did it. So let's just write this off and let's keep it moving.
1: Yeah, and I think right. usually they're able to get the person to admit it though too. You know, they'll they'll like the car salesman selling my kid his car. Yeah. Right. will so sit them in
2: that interrogation <laughs> room for 10 awesome. hours until they come out. Okay, I Get, it. get the lamp out.
0: on their face it. and stuff. Like,
2: yeah. bring them some fast food, and then you know it's a wrap after that. <laughs>
0: right. All right, uh, Matt. What were your thoughts?
2: I've seen this movie before, but it's like as I'm watching it, either I I don't remember, or it's like the later half of this movie. I was like, it's a complete blank to me. Whereas, like, I'm watching it for the first time so yeah
0: yeah everybody remembers that first part of like the escape and stuff but then when he's like investigating you're like wait he did i this? don't
2: remember this right? yeah so i was like i was intrigued in the second half of this movie because first i was like yeah i've seen this but no this move this movie is is great amazing like all the way through i mean we can nitpick things because of we're in 2023 or whatever like that but as far as the movies concerned yeah this movie It just shows you how good, I would say Harrison Ford, but more like Richard Kimball as a character himself to be like, all right, now I'm out of skate. I'm not just going to run away. I'm about to go figure this out. And also good with Tommy Lee Jones too, where I'm trying to catch you, but allowing, not allowing, but to process everything he's doing, understand what Richard Kimball is doing is trying to find it and realizing that like he is not a – dangerous person. He's just a fugitive. My job is to bring him in. Stuff like that. But one thing I don't remember was like, I don't know if you know this, of how much time has passed because one part of this movie, because once he dyes his hair, as time goes on, he has a gray back again. So I'm like, how much time has passed like during mm. this during his fugitive years or how how
0: how many government resources has tommy lee jones wasted (laughs) on this one case
2: (laughs) right and and that's what i was thinking at first because at first he was like when it first started he was like yeah we're about to find richard kimball And in my mind, I was like, "What about the other the black dude? What about him?" I don't think they.
0: I don't think they knew he escaped because, like, it was so messy with the train crash, you know.
2: mm -hmm. But then later on, they caught up with him. I was like, "Okay, they didn't forget about him." I I thought like they were focusing all their resources, but like everything he was doing, like they were talking about how smart he is and stuff, bold, crazy, whatever you want to say, because he was bold in the stuff he was doing, going through the police uh, precinct to interview that one guy to see if it is um, this movie is great yeah
0: Um. so yeah so while I'm watching this like I just I miss like how in the 90s you can make a movie you know whatever whatever budget right aimed at adults and it does well not only does it do well but it's good uh-huh. and like i miss that because like nowadays like if you want to see a movie aimed at adults you got to look at streaming because like that stuff don't make money unless it's got like some some cgi in it and then some and some pow pals right
3: uh-huh.
0: and like also then also you you roll the dice of like if this is going to go to streaming it might not be good and like that's kind of like my frustration with a lot of director streaming movies um so I just appreciate like how competent this movie was. It's like they had the formula down in the 90s. Like there's so many different versions of this movie where it's just like all right, cop movie, let's go. And you're just buckled up and you're you're here for the ride. Like um I'm with you. I didn't remember the investigation part, but like I was riveted by that cuz I was like, "Oh, wait, it's the pharmaceutical company? What?"
2: For real. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Right, um, it was surprising to see a young Julianne Moore and Jane Lynch in the Oh movie. yes, that
2: was surprising. I didn't remember. I didn't remember them being in the movie. I was like, whoa. Wait, what? What character is Jane Lynch?
0: She was the other doctor. Like, so there was two was doctors. You the one that
2: helped them at the end. The
0: yes. blood one. Yeah, the blood yeah. one. All
3: right, all
1: right. I'm kind of thinking she like sees the man after he's been convicted of his wife's murder. Her reaction is to give him a hug. And I'm like, i am like
0: Hey, that's that's her that's her homeboy. She, that, she that's
2: she, what I, I thought like when she gave him a hug, I was like, What are you doing? Something on the side? But yeah. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, well, cut plot lines. Yes, oh, they would they have work? they if they if not like on the side, but like there was an attraction there while he was a fugitive. But they cut okay. some stuff.
2: Because I, I get that because the way she interviewed the first time with the cops about saying, like, oh, you're not gonna catch him and everything else like that. Okay, that's one thing. But then when she saw him and then she hugged everything, I was like, Okay, it might it lead to something like
1: yeah,
2: something might have been extra with them.
1: Yeah. I was like, she either knows him so well that she knows he didn't do this horrible thing that the rest of the world thinks he did, or mm-hmm. she's a lunatic because
0: <laughs> women, you know um have either you guys seen the sequel to this movie i
2: didn't know there was one i have but i did i have seen it but i didn't know it was a sequel
0: so it's called u.s marshals and it follows tommy lee jones's oh, okay. character all right and so the fugitive that well, they're hunting in that one is wesley snipes snipes yeah
1: you know what i'm gonna go check it out
0: it's it's really good it also has robert downey jr in it
1: I'm going to check it out. I might have seen it, but it's, if I have, it's been a long time ago.
0: I, yeah, it's and been that, a long time since I've seen it, but I love that movie as well.
2: Because, like, I, it, it might be another thing with The Fugitive where I'm like, I've seen this, but I don't remember it. Like, I, the movie, the scene I remember from that movie is he swings, Wesley Snipes swings from a building to a moving train or something like that. That's what I remember about that. Yeah.
0: Well, well, Scott, if you if this episode does well, you you can come back and we'll review this. <laughs> <All> right, well, <laughs> if those
2: numbers add up, right? Good luck, man. <laughs> All right, what
0: this do you is- guys think the Rotten Tomatoes score of this movie was? So, Rotten Tomatoes letter like like a grade, you know, so one to one hundred. One is bad. A hundred is um, good. Like so, it's the average of the the reviews.
2: I say something high because um, I've, never, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about The Fugitive. So, 91.
1: I'll do prices, is Right rules and I'll go 92. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so,
0: 96% on Ryan Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. It has an 89% audience
2: score. That's kind of low if you think about it. I'm like, yeah. Fugitive is great.
1: But, uh, you know, people watching it now with, for the first time.
2: Yeah. That's true. Right That's
1: Oh also you God.
0: got like weirdos comparing it to the like the original TV show. Like this yeah. isn't like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Uh trivia time. The fugitive is the last film starring Harrison Ford to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. Of the following, which one was not one of the previous films? Star Wars a new hope, Apocalypse Now, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Working Girl, Patriot Games. And uh, the question is, which one of these movies was not nominated for Best Picture? And you got to remember, like, yeah, you got Star Wars and Indiana Jones on here, but it was a different time in the 70s and 80s where, like, they weren't as snobbish about nominating certain things.
1: What was the second movie, Chad, on the multiple choice list?
0: Apocalypse Now. So I'll run it through again. Star Wars, A New Hope, Apocalypse Now. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Working Girl, Patriot Games.
1: I didn't know he was in Apocalypse. Now, I mean, I'm sure that movie was nominated. But I didn't know he was in that.
0: Yeah, he
2: I'm was. gonna
1: say I'm gonna say the Star Wars one,
2: Working Girl,
0: Patriot Games, Patriot mm. Games.
1: That's a good movie too. Yeah, yeah.
0: I was surprised that he hasn't been. Nothing he's been in has been a uh nomin, nominated for Best Picture since the '90s. That's wild.
2: Well, all right, right now, let me think about it. Name some recent stuff besides Indiana Jones. Um, Well, this is when they started to get snobby. Like, have you guys seen, like, What
0: Lies Beneath? That's the one where Michelle Pfeiffer's his wife, and, like, she dies, and she comes back and starts haunting him. Yeah, I
1: remember that.
0: I, I haven't seen that one. That one is really good, and he is a terrible human in that movie. Oh, wow. Yeah that's yeah uh, we, we we really do, do need to do like just a month of harrison ford movies like harrison ford is an interesting person because like <laughs> he's never acting in anything that he's doing like that is everything you that see is that, a- is harrison <laughs> <Ford>. <laughs> that is some version of harrison ford <laughs> um all right so a couple of trivia bits and then we're gonna get out of here um the scene where oh i said that julian Moore. Hey, we kind of touched on trivia stuff while we were reviewing the movie um okay while filming this film um while filming this movie harrison ford also filmed a cameo on the young indiana jones chronicles this gave george lucas the idea of making another indiana jones film with ford set in the 50s the beard he had grown for this film resulted in indy being bearded in that episode as well Appropriately, the uh, resulting film, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, also ended featuring Neil Flynn, who, oh, I'm going to cut that. Um, so, yeah, um <laughs> so him, uh, him appearing bearded in that TV show was like, George Lucas was like, you know
2: what, I think we can make a little bit more money. just from the beard huh that's all it takes
0: (laughs) (laughs) um and then the last one i'm gonna uh, talk about is nbc nightly news anchor lester holt is one of the reporters outside the hotel at the end of the movie holt also appears in the sequel to this film u.s marshals as a reporter on tv during those years he was an anchor of the chicago cbs affiliate wbbm tv if he is unrecognizable to modern audiences it is because he has a mustache Okay. Yeah. Get yeah, your money, is, uh, Lester Holt.
1: The John Drummond was also WBBM, if I remember
2: right.
0: Yeah, but we we don't we don't know him, all right, Scott. Hey, no,
2: I didn't even pick up Lester Holt. I I didn't even recognize him. All right, people from Chicago, let us know if you remember these people. <laughs> <laughs> it's Scott making this up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, but that's the show, Scott. So thank you so much for coming on. We had a good time, yes. man.
2: Thank, thank
1: you. Pre- My pleasure. It. It's good to see you both.
0: Yeah, it, I yeah. appreciate you coming on and you know you're being like, you know what? Yeah, let's let's have some fun, let's chit chat. We don't have to get too too personal, even though you got a little too too personal. I did uh, have to cut yeah, some stuff. My... But no, that just goes out. That just goes to show, you know, you know, we can have fun and people can still keep their jobs. <laughs> well, you got anything to plug before we get out of here, Scott? To plug? No, I got
2: nothing to plug. Yeah, no, no social medias, no anything. No, I do better when I stay off that stuff. <laughs> That's
0: fair. That's fair. Uh, In your position, you should. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, like, and review our podcast on your platform of choice. If you have any feedback, please email us at weustotalkpod at gmail.com. Follow us on YouTube, X, formerly Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and threads. It's a thing. We don't use it, but we have one at Pod. Follow me on Letterbox at BOW1213 and Matt at Mr. King0257. Come back next week when we discuss the Temptations movie. I am looking forward to this, but I'm not because if you recall, this is a TV movie. And so this is going
2: to be three hours long because it was two parts. Uh, and like always, I don't know if this is a good episode. I don't know if it was a bad episode. But whatever you think about it, talk about it at work. Thank you for listening.